Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We're very grateful you joined us today. Have a very interesting program, and uh, today is December 8th, 2002. Uh, 16, what year is it, Paul? 2016? 2016, last time I checked here. Okay, thanks. And uh, very grateful to have with us for the very first time two different guests uh, on the same uh, program here. We first have Bill Sherman, and this is the third time we've had Bill of the Sherman Sheet speaking to us from their headquarters in St. Louis. Bill, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here again. And we have with Bill Paul Carroll of the Pinnacle Sherman Funds, a family of uh, two mutual funds, and uh, he speaks to us from their headquarters in Springfield, Missouri. Paul, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. I'm excited to be here. So uh, let's start with you, Bill. Uh, Bill, give us 30-second definition here and description of the Sherman Sheet. It's a publication, Charlie, for investment advisors exclusively it's professional level research and uh, we generate models for investment advisors to use in consultation with their clients which uh, have various goals and allow the investment advisors to customize uh, solutions specifically for a client using well understood long proven models to satisfy pretty much any requirement Okay, so uh, for us non-engineers, Bill, uh, it's built upon a tactical strategy or trend-following strategy, correct? There are two parts to it, Charlie. Uh, Trend-following is one. Trend identification, I guess, would be a better. We identify trends in order to participate in the up part of up trends and identify downtrends in order to avoid them uh, or hedge against them or mitigate them. So half of our uh, service is dedicated to trend identification. And the other half is dedicated toward portfolio construction. And uh, the best way to describe our portfolio construction is to say that it exactly follows the old investing commandment that most investment advisors know, but almost no one executes, which is let your winners run and cut your losers short. And those two parts make up the whole. Okay. And you do this for what markets, Bill? Most of our advisors are U.S.-based, and because they're U.S.-based, they are dominated by U.S. equities, but we also uh, advise on international equities and commodities, uh, alternative asset classes, as they're called in the business, uh, as well as bonds. Uh, But we look for the same characteristics. We look for good uh, trending. Um, A good example is oil this year. Oil has done very, very well for us uh, this year, identifying the uptrend and participating in it. But the dominant part of our service concentrates on U.S. equity classes, ranging from large-cap growth to small-cap value and everything in between, as well as U.S. sectors. And that's particularly important because so many of our advisor clients use these models and those asset classes to uh, manage retirement assets. Uh, and in, in most 401k plans and variable annuities, they're used uh, to, the manage, to manage retirement assets. The dominant choices available are U.S. asset classes, so it's a natural fit. 
Okay, and so you send out, are these buy, sell, and hold uh, kinds of signals that you send out every day? Yes, although the frequency that that implies is not there. Most of our portfolios are only updated on a quarterly basis, so it's a fairly low turnover, easy-to-execute set of models, and uh, they don't generate excessive fees for the client. And you do not do these for individual stocks, I presume, but only for indexes, uh, sectors, etc.? Uh, Yes, yes. That's for two reasons. One is to avoid single stock risk, which is the risk that you just bought WorldCom or Enron, to use a couple of famous examples, or even the risk that you bought Apple at 130 and then it went to 95, that sort of thing. Uh, Instead, we concentrate at the asset class level, large cap growth, mid cap blend, small cap value, financial sector, technology sector, those sorts of things that are less susceptible to single company risk, uh, yet still participate in the asset class moves as a whole. Okay, and you send out these signals uh, daily, and I, and, I, and I presume this is to advisors only. Yes, advisors only. Uh, we don't do any business with individual investors. Uh, instead, uh, we require that a financial, a professionally licensed financial advisor be the recipient of our work so that they can properly implement it given their individual and unique knowledge of their client. Okay, and uh, do you have any kind of track record that you're able to give to people when they ask that question? Hey, how have you performed? Because, how, how, well, first, how long have you been doing this? We've been publishing under the name Sherman Sheet since 2007. Prior to that, it was a, a specialty service for institutions only that we started in 1999 after a long career of providing software services to institutional traders that began in 1986. Okay. So the genesis goes back to 86, 1999 for providing uh, models to advisors, and 2007 began the start of the, uh, the the name, the Sherman Sheet. And we evolved over time to broaden our scope. Initially, we restricted our clientele to large institutions. Uh, but then, uh, as I was unable to travel due to my wife's ill health, we began to use the benefits of the Internet, which we had pretty much ignored to that point, uh, the benefits of the Internet to reach a broader audience of advisors and get me off the road. Okay, and so do you still have institutional clients? Yes, yes. Okay, so you send these, basically, their signals out to advisors, and again, are they buy, sell, and hold? Yes, but they each signal is a part of a portfolio, that, that responds to specific and unique inputs. And our models that generate these portfolios are lined up in a way that, uh, that some re, uh, respond to short-term, some to intermediate-term changes, and some to long-term changes. And the very best uh, solutions, generally, are those that are constructed from blends or pieces of models that respond in those three time frames. We find that dividing up the markets into uh, three time frames is very, very useful because it allows models that are, are blends of models that take inputs from each of those time frames to react in a very timely fashion. So it's not all or nothing on a specific time frame. Okay, and again, back to the question that I interrupted you uh, uh, before you could respond to. Uh, is, do you have some kind of a track record so that when people go to your website or people contact you and they ask, hey, how, how has your stuff performed? Uh, how, how can you respond to them? Sure, there's information on the website, thesharmansheet.com, for advisors. 
uh, and we have you know daily publications going back uh, ten years and and weekly and monthly long prior to that. So we're very open. We publish all of our positions every day explicitly, uh, five days a week for each market day of the year, and so those are all open. Okay, so uh, let, let's turn now to Paul Carroll, who is with Pinnacle Sherman Funds. Paul, uh, great to have you on the show. So. Tell us what you guys have done with the Sherman Sheet information. Well, as, as Bill said, um, they have great models and great signals to be able to use. Uh, and what we wanted to do was figure out a way uh, to put those together and, and create a product, if you will, the mutual funds, that then advisors can use in a very streamlined manner uh, in order to really help their practice. And so we have two mutual funds, the Pinnacle Sherman Multi-Strategy Core Fund and the Pinnacle Sherman Tactical Allocation Fund. And both of those uh, now uh, only use uh, Sherman Sheet models in each one. So what you have done is you have taken basically the signals from the models created by the Sherman Sheet that anybody could buy, but the question is, how do they implement it? So we receive, just like anyone else, uh, we are subscribers to the Sherman Sheet, and so therefore we receive daily uh, the Sherman Sheet publications. And uh, I would just like to say I would encourage any advisor to definitely go to the ShermanSheet.com and check out uh, the Sherman Sheet publication. We are a firm believer that the more you know about the Sherman Sheet, the more you are going to be enthused about the funds we represent. Paul, uh, we certainly agree. And again, this is the third time we've had uh, Bill on on the show here. And uh, they do an excellent job. And Bill's background in engineering uh, and and uh, very technical aspects of things has uh, j- just done an excellent job of uh, creating a service that uh, is is uh, definitely needed in the marketplace. Uh, so let's focus here on the multi-strategy core fund here. And it has has three different investment models. I see here the bull calendar model, the star minimum maximum zero to 100 model, and the sector long cash model. So you, you invest a third of the portfolio in each of these three models. Is that what you do? Uh, that's exactly right. And the reason uh, we did it that way is something that Bill touched on when he was mentioning about having a shorter-term uh, signal, uh, the Shermanator or the intermediate-term signal, a quarterly trend signal, um, and then the longer-term trend signal. Each one of those models, the bull calendar, the star min-max, and the sector long cash, are driven by a different signal, each one of those. So it has a shorter term, a quarterly trend, and then as well a longer term. And are all three of those focused on the U.S. equity market? They would be overweighted to the U.S. equity market, similar to what Bill said, but each of them also could be uh, represented by a developed international as well as emerging markets. So, for example, within the multi-strategy core fund, it would be possible for about 25, we've estimated it could be 25 to 30 percent of the fund could be in international markets. Okay. And uh, how about the frequency of changes uh, within these models? Are, are you changing every day? Are you changing once a quarter? Uh, how often are you actually changing the, the, the investments themselves? 
Sure. The easiest way from the fund perspective to look at it is we make the changes when the Sherman Sheet models or signals and that daily publication says to make the changes. So one of the things we decided uh, starting this out is we did not want to put any of our own bias on top of any of the Sherman Sheet models. So therefore, we run the models just as they are publicized. Um, so each one of them is going to be a little bit different, and it might be good. Bill, would you want to speak maybe to how often those models do change You know, in the Sherman sheet? Sure. At their, at their core, each of them is on a quarterly change basis where the underlying portfolios change on a quarterly basis. But if the exposure signals, the short-term, intermediate-term, or long-term, uh, which can trigger during the course of the quarter, usually don't, but can, uh, we will vary the exposure of each of them according to those signals. And that's the great benefit of having all three of those signals or all three of those time frames in there because that what you end up with is a blend that reacts sequentially to changes in the risk environment. Uh, a modest change in the risk environment will provoke a modest response from the blend, uh, but a major change in the risk environment will provoke a major change as it ripples through those time frames. So when we enter into a bear market, you will see consecutively that the short term, the intermediate term, and then the long term signals will trigger a reduction in each of the thirds of these of this fund sequentially uh, until we're completely defensive uh, during the course of a bear market. And then when we come out of a bear market, is it is also sequential where the short term, the intermediate term, and the long term all get us back in. And I can give you, you know, dates and times examples of that over the last 20 years, uh, but, it, it, but it works very nicely that way uh, because it ensures that we do not participate in disaster and that we do participate in uptrends. Okay, and that, that's the, the whole goal and purpose and uh, why people do that. So, General, we need to stop and take a quick break here. When we come back, let's talk about if these funds go short or what happens when you get a negative signal or a downtrend in a particular position. Again, we're talking with both Bill Sherman of the Sherman Sheet and Paul Carroll of Pinnacle Sherman Funds, both out of Missouri. And you're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. And we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, let's pick it back up with Charlie and his two guests today. Okay, thank you, Paul. Uh, again, we're talking with uh, Bill Sherman of the Sherman Sheet out of St. Louis, Missouri, and with Paul Carroll of Pinnacle Sherman Funds, which takes the signals from the Sherman Sheets and makes trades in a mutual fund, uh, two mutual funds, according to those signals. So back to you here, Paul. Uh, what happens when... Uh, 
the, the Sherman Sheet signal says it's in a downtrend. Do you go short in that particular uh, position? Uh, within the fund we're talking about here, the multi-strategy core fund, we actually do not go short. Uh, each one of the models has its own, uh, just a little bit difference, bull calendar model when it is in bear status based on the signal. It's going to go to cash, uh, and then there will be the calendar effect strategy. Uh, that's where the calendar part comes into play, and there are some around the end of the month, beginning of the month, some short-term trades that occur in there. And then the Starman Max will go when it's in uh, negative and the quarterly trend is down. It goes into the uh, aggregate bond index. Sector-long cash, when the Shermanator turns negative, that does go all cash. So it's just a little bit different for each of the models within there. Now, there is a component, though we don't want to confuse anyone or other fund, the Tactical Allocation Fund, there is a component in there that does pick up a little bit of short exposure based on one of the models we run in there. So basically, uh, in, in the multi-strategy core fund, uh, you're long only primarily in these funds, correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. So, uh, and you have a, a cash component. So, if everything's going down as it was in 2008, uh, you may well be uh, 25% in cash or something like that? Uh, we could actually be as much as 67% in cash with the other one third in aggregate bond. Okay. So, it can be very, that just shows you how much we can be very conservative such as we just said there, in a, in a long-term trending bear market. But as well, just as we are now, because all the indicators are positive, we're fully invested. So it can be really anywhere in between those ranges. And I presume that you invest into ETFs that represent or try to duplicate the various uh, sectors, uh, indexes, etc. That's correct. It's pretty straightforward. We use a lot of first trust ETFs. Uh, we do like their Alphadex strategy, but we also use uh, some of the uh, iShares as well as a little bit of Vanguard ETFs. Okay, so the fund itself, and again, this is a mutual fund, the fund itself, Paul, it's going to have at any given time how many positions? Because you're in three different models, and each model gives you know signals for lots of different uh, d- different uh, indexes and sectors here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, But some of those overlap. So, for instance, right now, uh, with all of them being positive, uh, there's overlap between the models within the equity exposure. So, therefore, we're in about anywhere from 8 to 12 uh, different uh, ETFs at any given time. Okay. Now, Bill, as we understand, you, you guys are giving signals on how many different kinds of uh, indexes and sectors. That's correct. Yeah, how, how many? Look at, About how many every day? We look at uh, 26 as the main group of indexes and sectors that we analyze for the use in our models. And those 26 cover all of the uh, U.S. style boxes, uh, all of the major U.S. sectors, Plus, developed emerging or developed international and emerging international, uh, and uh, aggregate bonds. Then How about country specific? How about country specific, Bill? 
Uh, no, not in this model. Uh, okay. We do look at country-specific in a global um, ETF model that we publish separately. It's one of the 13 models that we do, um, but it's not one of those used by uh, either of the funds. And there we do look at specific countries. But for these purposes here, we want to make sure that they are executable. Uh, most of the models are executable in retirement plans and VAs and 401ks, mm-hmm. uh, and that pretty much means that we stick to the major sectors, the major style box asset classes, and style box is a term used in our industry to mean large cap value, mid cap blend, small cap growth, etc., uh, so that we are, are confident that we can find what we're looking for in terms of asset class representation in pretty much any platform that the advisor is wishing to use. Okay, so let's go back to you here, Paul. So, Paul, let's say, you know, Bill says they're looking at uh, 27 different uh, sectors and indexes, etc. How do you pick the 8 to 12 you're going to be invested in at any given time? Well, and again, this is going to be kind of a, a common theme. One of the things, if if you recall very early on uh, that Bill talked about was portfolio construction. So not only is the Sherman sheet publicizing the models and signals as far as, if you will, risk-on, risk-off type of signal, but then also they publish a portfolio ranking of those asset classes and of those sectors. So as those models and portfolio construction come out on a daily basis, though it doesn't change daily, but as they're coming out of the Sherman sheet, those asset classes and sectors that they're showing being ranked very high, uh, those are the ones that we are implementing just like they would within those models. Okay, okay. So back to you, Bill. Bill, uh, do you use any fundamental analysis at all in uh, what you look at? No. The answer, the short answer is no. Uh, To expand upon that, the reason why is because fundamental analysis is very difficult to achieve when you're working at the asset class level. Uh, there's no balance sheet at the right. asset class level. There's no uh, price earnings ratios to dissect. There's no uh, corporate level information. And instead, we work because we prefer to work at the asset class level to be so to be as broadly applicable as possible. Uh, our analysis is what's called in the business quantitative. Uh, the basic way to, to think of that is that if we can't feel, touch, hear, smell, or, or taste it, we don't believe it. So we measure performance. Uh, we measure buying and selling pressure, which is supply and demand related, uh, and those things that are easily measurable even at the asset class level. And we have to, uh, and we choose to actually ignore uh, fundamentals because they just don't apply at the asset class level, and we can determine everything we need to provide superior performance uh, by looking at the technical aspects, the quantitative measurements of performance and supply and demand characteristics. Bill, let me ask you another question. This is one I I know you could talk about all day long, but unfortunately that that, uh, is not a privilege we have at this point. With trend-following type strategies and quantitative strategies, there are market environments where they work well and market environments where they do not work well, as we all know. And basically, as we know, when these uh, positions are in a trend Okay, uh, you know, uh, trend following works well. When they are in a choppy market, they do not work well. How do you deal with accurately assessing how they're going to work when we're in a choppy market? That's one of the great beauties, Charlie, of having three different time frame inputs. Uh, The times when the the markets work best 
are when all three of those time frames are synchronously positive or synchronously negative. In other words, they're you're unanimous in one direction or another. Uh, currently, that's the condition, uh, has been since the election. And when all three of the time frames are positive, it's a great time to be on board fully invested, and our models consequently are. But when there is disagreement among the indicators, when one out of three or even two out of three are uh, in disagreement with the third, uh, then that indicates market indecision, and there's contrasting uh, pressures within the market, and that environment is a very low-reward, high-risk environment, but it's nothing like when the indicators are all negative. When the indicators are all negative, that's a terrible time to be long. It's a wonderful time to be in cash or short, and our models are. And so the best blends of models, as we've indicated at the outset, are those that respond to all three of those time frames so that you can get a sense of unanimity. And when they're unanimously in agreement, we are fully uh, deployed. When they are unanimously in agreement in the opposite direction, we are fully defensive. And it's a mixture in between in order to maintain a defensive position while keeping a toe in the water. Okay, so let's go back to Paul. So, Paul, what are the typical objections that advisors have of this strategy? Well, I think one of the things that you're starting to see right now is uh, that people overall, you know, we came through 2000 through 2010, had a couple of bear markets in there, and everyone uh, flocked to tactical for the last five years to have been where really indexing became uh, the way to go the last five years and tactical overall uh, struggled. And so I think what happens is advisors latch on just many times like individual investors do. We as advisors sometimes latch on to what's uh, worked just in the recent past rather than taking a, a big objective view. And so Right now, tactical's been a little bit out of favor, and so I think that's one of the struggles uh, that sometimes advisors have in, in which funds to implement. You know, uh, no question about that. Uh, we hear that from our guests all the time, that these tactical strategies have not been popular over and have not performed all that well over the past few years. So, uh, first of all, Paul, give us uh, your guys' uh, website and give us uh, the ticker symbols of your two strategies. Sure. The the website is PinnacleTacticalFunds.com. That's plural, PinnacleTacticalFunds.com. And the the two funds for the Pinnacle Sherman Multi-Strategy Core Fund, the A share, I'll just give that one. We do have a C share as well as an I share. But the A share on the multi-strategy, the symbol is A, P as in Paul, S as in Sherman, H-X, again, A-P-S-H-X. And then for the Pinnacle Tactical, Sherman Tactical Allocation Fund, that A share is P as in Paul, T as in Tom, A-F as in Frank, X, P-T-A-F-X. Okay, very good. So, Paul, give us your 15 seconds final final words for our, client, for, for our audience here. Well, number one, find out more about Sherman Sheet. And as you do that, this is going to be a great way, the funds are a great way, a turnkey way to implement those models and strategies and to have an effective risk-managed process for your clients. Very good. Thank you. And, Bill, your 15-second final words for our listeners here. 
Well, I've been championing to, at the bit for a bit of a rebuttal there. Uh, using our blends that respond to multiple time frames, our tactical strategies have done just fine. So I defend that not all tactical strategies have struggled. We certainly uh, have not. We've had a, a good time. Hey, good uh, to hear. Good to hear, Bill. And, and uh, thanks for, for letting I'd us know here. Stay tactical, my friend. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much. So, again, uh, I'd like to thank both of you, Bill Sherman and Paul Carroll, for joining us today. It's uh, been delightful and been uh, great to talk to both of you here. Great. Thank you, Thanks for having us. So again, we've been talking with Bill Sherman of the Sherman Sheet and Paul Carroll of Pinnacle Sherman Funds, uh, both out of Missouri. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. And I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to the Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.